BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. As we are brought in by the fire tones of the Tongas, with whom we give all deference to, it's Halloween, y'all, in like a couple of days. By the time y'all, by the time y'all listen to this, it's Halloween or something, you know, uh, trick or treat, Thanksgiving. Uh, right. By the time you listen, nah, to this, nah, it's New Year. It's a pandemic, man. It ain't trick or treat. It's eat the treats. Just like put the motherfuckers in a slingshot and slang them up, slang them at the children. Hey, I'm not, I'm not giving out candy this week, this year. I'm giving out hand sanitizer. Um, I'm giving out hands if you come to my house. I don't be coming to my door. Have y'all heard that song by my boy uh, Toby and in 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 And this it's uh, he says uh, try Jesus, not me, because I <laughs> because I fight and I, I throw hands. I love it. By the way, you listen to The Outsider's Edge. It's your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. You hear Carl. You hear Kyle. The family's back together this week. So, uh, gentlemen, number one, how you doing? Number two, what you doing for Halloween? Um, I'll go first because I don't have a child. So my Halloween is you don't have to describe. You don't have one. You have like 70, but it's okay. Um, I am going to sit my happy ass on this here couch with this here dog and probably play Pokemon. That's my Halloween plan. Sounds spooky. Ooh. Uh, I'm doing good. I will be, I think my parents are going to swing by here. My mom is a big Halloween. Like, she loves it. It's like her favorite holiday. So she'll be here. They'll bring some candy over. I, that's probably going to be it. I don't see it. Maybe watch some movies. Do the kids, are they into it, or are they scary like my kids are? No, they like it. We went, last year, we went trick-or-treating around the neighborhood. We live, we kind of live close to a real nice neighborhood up the road, and they that's where they give out the full-size stuff. Those rich 
HOA families that give out the full-size Butterfingers, you know, those Man. people. Who got time for an HOA in 2020? Like, I'm saying. People who make over 400000 and, and and might get their taxes changed. Uh, yeah, well. Hmm. I can I can see your baby girl being fearless. I feel like your old your oldest is a little more like my oldest, and it's a little more emotional. She, she is, but she's she's getting better with a lot of that stuff these days. It's starting to really kind of fade more. Ten? older. She's What's 10, that? She's ten. She's, no, she's she's eight, eight and a half. Eight. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, um. We're gonna do something. We're gonna. I'm gonna make them watch a scary movie and scare them straight to hell or something. I don't know. We'll do something, because uh, because I come from I come from a family where me and my mom were watching The Exorcist when I was six, so like scary movies are in our DNA, and my children are scared of life, so like it kills me that I can't make them watch scary movies with me. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big scary movie guy. I like them, and I just don't watch them very often. I don't seek them out for whatever reason. True story. We had to we had to almost walk out of. You remember the teenage the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? The live action ones with Johnny Johnny Knoxville and Megan Fox. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We had to walk almost walked out of the second one because the turtles and Crane scared my daughters so much, <laughs> and she was over there sweating bullets. And I was like, "It's the turtles. The hell is scary about the damn turtles?" Well, they made them look. They made them look a little bit different than you know what she was probably accustomed to seeing them. Made them look like what turtles would look like if they were six feet four. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, if Franklin was your only exposure to turtles, though, then like you have been <laughs> grossly misled. If she was a '90s baby, yes. But you know, they got all the they they've rebooted the turtles like seven times in True. the past seven years. Anyway, none of that is wrestling. Um. It's all wrestling. Well, it's you. It, it all. It everything does come back to wrestling. You're correct, right. sir. Um, but it would. Uh, it would be cool if we had some wrestling to watch this weekend. But Bound for Glory was this past weekend. We don't give a fuck about that. Um, no, we'll talk about some stuff of that. Uh, so there's there actually are some noteworthy things to talk about from Bound for Glory. Shout out to Rich Juan. I'm happy whenever a black man is successful. Rich Juan's a new TNA Impact champion. Here's the thing, though, man. Here's the thing, like. The fans know, our listeners know, we bought Bound for Glory last year because they tricked us into thinking like it was going to be some hot <laughs> streets. And then it was typical TNA bullshit. And so, fool us one time, sir. Shame on you. Fool us 15 times because impact is the gift that keeps on finessing. Shame on us. Yeah, they almost got us. And you know what? They may we might have given them a a, a, a thought if we would have known that the show was coming on before the Friday before the show. I mean, you know, this isn't the time to be having pay per views. Not unless you got your own network to put them on. Well, sure. speaking of your own network, Hell in the Cell was this past weekend as well. Uh, so I'm gonna let you guys please go. Hell in a Cell, tell me what you thought. Um, I loved the first two Cell matches. I I didn't hate the last one. I'm just, you know, not into Drew and Randy. And, like, it was a Randy-paced match featuring Drew and Randy. So I was just kind of like, all right, and this is a thing. It is happening. Um, oh, and look at that. Randy Orton is WWE champion in 2020. All right. 
that's a thing that's also happening. So my WWE Universal Champions this year, or no, my WWE Champions this year have been Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, and now Randy Orton. So, you know, at least, your boy at least, a great time with the WWE title this year. At least you can mention the WWE Champions name now. Finally. Go away, Randy Orton. <laughs> and, the you think? Thing is, and the sad thing is like Randy is a much less terrible person now than at any other point in his like entire career he is a like just admittedly better human being but I am just Randy fatigued what did you think of it Carl what did you think of uh, uh, McIntyre and Orton Matt, well first of all I love McIntyre and Orton it was my second favorite cell match behind Bailey and Sasha um I uh, dare you, sir. Yeah, the disrespect yeah. for our tribal chief. Not really, because like tolerate. I look at it as one A, one B, one C. When I mean, they're really that close. I, so here's no, my deal. The C is always that close. Yes. So here's the deal with with Jay and Roman, and I loved, I did love it. Um, and I love, I like all the talking, and I love the story, like the mid match trash talking. But I, I personally get a little fatigued by it, got a little fatigued by it towards the end. So I was just kind of like, okay, like I'm fine with a slow-paced match, um, and that's essentially what it was, and I'm fine with the story and the crying and all that stuff. But the trash talking towards the end was starting to wear me out a little bit, and I like that kind of stuff. But it just, towards the end, I was starting to get fatigued by the match in general. Not to say that it was bad. That's really my only, like, that's the reason why it doesn't, it wasn't my favorite of the night. Bailey and Sasha to me was far and away the best match. It was the most creative match, in my opinion. So many callbacks to their history. Yeah, and they they used so many the cell. They used the weapons inside the cell more than they really used the cell, which I liked, and I thought that was kind of you know with these cell matches because you got they're so overdone now, in my opinion, and you've got like three of them on one card that you've got to find a way to 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 um, stand out. And they really, I thought they killed it. And the way Sasha finished it was I amazing. love the Brooklyn throwback with the finish. I love the Brooklyn throwback yeah. finish. Stomping on the hand, like, so great. Exactly. So, great match. Uh, but, yeah, back to now, Randy. Now, the real question, though, for Sasha. Yeah. The real question for Sasha. Is Homegirl finally going to have a successful title defense? I think so. She's going to hold it at least till after Survivor Series. Because that's not a title match. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, as far as Orton and McIntyre goes, that one, they did the style of cell match that I prefer. It really it reminded me, my favorite cell match is the first cell match, and it reminded me more of that than any of the others. So in terms of like a, the style that I like, the usage of the cell and things like that, that's why I liked it the most. Also happy with Orton winning the title because he's had a phenomenal year. I know you don't like Randy, but he's, he's had such a great year that, I mean, Can I'm I a fan. Have- can I say odd quirk? Like, and this is just a weird aesthetic quirk to me. I don't like red cell. I uh, the tr- I know I, I know it's it, again it's it's a minor thing. It's yeah. I'm not saying that it like destroys the show for me or anything like that. It's an admittedly minor thing. I just I don't care for the red cell. I prefer the metal structure, just the all regular metal structure over the red as well. Yeah, I, I don't mind either. But you'll have a lot more people that agree with you than don't. I, I think, think if you watch it from the live show. Go ahead. 
And I was going to say, if you're watching, I think if you're watching at home, it's not that bad because we get the camera work inside. But if you're watching it, for, like there's no fans right now, but if you were watching it at a show like previously, it's harder. I, I imagine it would be a little bit more difficult to see what's going on. That was the big yeah, complaint so. when that was the big complaint when Rollins and the Fiend had their match because right. remember the Fiend gets special lighting and it was red lighting at the time and people were like okay so we've got this red cage that's already kind of weird to see through with now the exact same shade of red lighting throughout the arena I have no idea what the fuck's going on in there yeah yeah that's true I'm with you I actually agree with you. I wish they'd go back to just the regular structure, but it is kind of a cool visual. Um, at least in my opinion, in the Orton McIntyre match, when they were on top, that angle they had, that was right. Kind of like sell high level. I don't know if you guys are kind of picturing what I'm picturing, but I thought it was, well, a very it was good the visual. One, the visual with the drone. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a really good, just, I thought the way they did that, even with the red cell kind of made it stand out a little bit more in that visual, in my opinion than what a regular cell might have done. But, you know. I mean, the the best moment of Hell in a Cell, though, like, legitimately, the, the greatest thing to happen at Hell in a Cell. Can I take a guess? Finally. Can I take a guess? You can take a guess. Is it Otis losing the briefcase? It is, because finally, the briefcase is where it belongs, in the hands of the Miz. Someone who can do something with it. Mm, the Miz holding the money in the bank briefcase. It tastes so good. How much does this suck for Otis, though? Is it awesome? <laughs> Sorry, I don't who know. Who cares? No, that's mean. That's mean. That's mean. I admittedly oh, oh. am not into Otis, so like. By the way, I caught your pun. Don't think nobody caught this shit. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge it. Yeah, that's fair. I, I feel for Otis, though, for this reason. Otis is Otis is an entertaining character. Otis is an important character on the show, but I think he was overvalued at the moment he got the briefcase, and they had to write themselves out of a bad situation. And no diss to Otis, because he'll he's gonna be fine. Characters like that will last longer than like the badass characters. But it's but it's gotta suck to know that you were a step away from a world championship to like <laughs> will he be on another pay per view? Here's the thing. No, here's, Against the, Tucker. here's the real issue. Here's the real issue. They could have easily booked themselves out of it at the time that they did it in a way that would have made him getting the briefcase in the first place not really have been as upsetting and would have helped further the further him in general. Oh, because he because he didn't because he didn't get it. exactly he didn't get the briefcase. He caught the briefcase. Right. So you immediately have him in some kind of a match with whoever for the briefcase and let him lose there in an easy way. Like, like let him put up the good fight, have it be a good match, blah, 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 blah. He loses valiantly. Well, okay, fine. Well, to be fair, on, there was, what, six men in that match? Only, three, only two of the men were available because... Well, uh, two of Corbin, them got Corbin, murdered. Two of them were murdered, and Corbin was on the run for four attempted four homicide. So, <laughs> I, like, you only yeah, had two people left. We're talk about a lot of murders tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to say real quick about Otis. Like, the reason why I feel bad for him is because he went from, like, awesome story with Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose gets traded to Raw. Wins briefcase. Now no briefcase. 
And in reality, Tucker actually comes out looking okay because he can use, Otis loses everything. Tucker uses everything that Otis lost to his advantage to be this heel that like has, well, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to do anything, right. but well, what's that? And everything Tucker said was right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it worked, it works out well for Tucker too, because they, they may have saved him with that, you know, in a lot of ways. Cause I'm, I was afraid that he wasn't going to blast without it, but doing I something agree. drastic. I, here's where I'll say this. Like I, again, I'm admittedly not a huge fan of Otis, but here's where I do feel bad for him. Otis didn't do anything wrong. Otis and Otis didn't even fuck up. Otis yeah. is just a comedy wrestler who's limited in the ring and isn't your is never going to be your world champion. That's not his fault. He's no Jinder Mahal, okay? Like it it's way. not his fault. It's just they booked him poorly into a situation and then had to unfuck themselves. Yeah. Unfuck them. I'm, I'm trying to find a visual of someone unfucking themselves. You could do it. I believe in you. I mean, just imagine somebody pulling the toy out. <laughs> That's unfucking yourself. Every time yeah. you pull out, somebody's being unfucked. Imagine Ricochet. Come out. First of all, shut up. Shut up. And secondly, what's pull out? What, what does that mean? <laughs> you wouldn't know, would you? Shut up. You got just as many as I do. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand this procreation nonsense. <laughs> to be fair, Rance, mine were planned. I mean, Rance planned to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank he you planned, for that. He planned the booty. Thank you so much. For you guys and your commentary. As we shall move on. <laughs> just remember, just remember, I set both of your children birthday presents. You did. You're fantastic. You're a great uncle. Um, anything else on Hell in a Cell before we move on? Um, no, just overall, it was a really solid, fun night. I appreciate the shorter runtime shows. Like, I really do. Yep, good show. Oh yes, like like finishing finishing a pay per view at nine thirty, it's beautiful. Um. Okay. So, moving on to what we have scheduled for tonight, um, I wanted to start off with probably the most relevant thing of the week. Today, WWE had their uh, their Q three uh, conference call. The Q three investor meeting. So I'm gonna throw a few things out here to you. It's gonna be a little bit of a, it's gonna be a little bit of some word vomit, but I'm just gonna mute and learn. So, just bear Good with idea. me. Same here. Hold on, let me mute real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your contributions. Um, so they their revenue was at two hundred and twenty one point six million. Which was an increase of 19% or 35.3 million. Um, their adjusted OBITA was 80 was 84.3 million based on increased right fee, rights fees for the company's flagship programming. Um, Chris and Salen, the CFO for WWE, says 
with 368 million in cash and short-term investments at quarter end. We believe WWE has substantial capital resources to manage challenges that may lie ahead and to deliver on key strategic initiatives. Um, some of the highlights um, besides that, uh, the network average pay subs subscribers were 1.6 million, which is an increase of 6%. Digital video views were 9.2 billion, an increase of 3%, and hours consumed were 342 million, which was also an increase of 3% across digital and social media platforms. E-commerce revenue, meaning merchandise, was 9.1 million, uh, an increase of 60%, offsetting the loss of venue merchandise sales to view to 74 view, fewer events in the quarter. Um, the business outlook: the company continues to adapt its business to the changing environment, with with investment to enhance content production value and further fan engagement including an incremental 22 to 27 million dollar investment in the fourth quarter primarily associated with the creation of the WWE Thunderdome and increased personnel expenses as employees return from furlough most of the employees who were furloughed are returning by the end of the year um let me see what else i can say oh management previously withdrew full year 2020 guidance based on sustained uncertainties related to the potential impact of COVID-19 on its business, WWE is not reinstating guidance at this time. Uh, we got revenue, we got operating income tax provision was 13 million, an increase of 20 million. Uh, the increase was driven by stronger operating performance coupled with an $8.2 million decrease in tax benefits effective tax rate in the quarter of 21%. Here's the interesting one. The net income, this is the important part, at, Carl will explain net income to us in a minute, was 48.2 million or 57 cents per diluted share, which is an increase from 5.8 million or six, or six cents per diluted share in the third quarter. Uh, um, essentially, what this means in layman's terms is as long as WWE doesn't lose any money next quarter this they have already had their most profitable year in history and they released like 40 people <laughs> you know why it makes sense though but you know why a few months ago but you know why it makes sense it makes sense because what is their number one expense beyond Payroll. What is their number one expense aside from payroll? So it's, it's house shows uh, and travel, stuff like that. Travel and production. Mm -hmm. Their mm -hmm. number one uh, expense aside from payroll is travel and production. That's why they had gotten rid of pyro forever. That's why the sets had slowly become like the same and smaller and smaller and all that other shit was because that is expensive as fuck. And when you're not traveling, yeah, they're not making the gates that they were getting, and they're not, you know, pushing the merch in the conventional way. But when you're not traveling, that means you don't have to put up them big-ass sets. All they got to do is keep renewing the lease with Amway, and Amway will renew that lease forever, because who the fuck else are they going to get to sell that? <laughs> but, it, but it does breed the question. 
Hindsight is hindsight is a bitch. We know this. Hindsight is more than twenty twenty. Um, in hindsight, it doesn't look like they had to release these people. Am I wrong? You think of that, Carl? I mean, probably not. I mean, at the same time, I, I suppose that, like, and granted, I don't work on any board of theirs and know what I have no idea of how they project things and what you know what models they use and things of that nature, but. I don't know that they had any idea necessarily this pandemic is very unique and how it's affected businesses all across the country and around the world. And I think that like you just said, hindsight is 2020, right? More than 2020. Um, it's easier, easy for us to sit back and say, well, they probably didn't have to do that. And they probably didn't have to do it from the beginning, but you can, I can kind of see a lot of with the way the business world is those snap yeah. decisions don't shock me um, just based on the uncertainty. You know what I mean? So mm. I think that, Ooh. you know, I, they probably didn't have to do it. I no, thought it I thought it was muted. But uh, yeah, they right. probably didn't have to do anything there. But um, it doesn't really shock me. I, I, once again, it's, it's, a, it's a hindsight thing. Knowing how the business world is, it doesn't. I mean, it's just kind of is what it is there. Go ahead, by the way, Kyle. I know you were about to say something. I'm sorry. No, no. I just I thought I was muted there, and so like no, now I mean, I'm really bad. Um, before that, yeah, and it's okay. Hi, Max. I feel so he, hates, he, now. he hates when people burp or do stuff on the on the. On I, the, I, the, I so the thought podcast, I was so. muted, and I feel so shitty about it. Um, I had written a couple of notes down. Um, number one, that Fox money long. <laughs> uh, number two challenges is just code for we don't know when we gonna have fans again it's probably gonna be a while um subscriptions are up because people are bored yo yeah um, and the other thing in terms of them releasing the talent we said back when they did it that they didn't need to do it it was just a convenient excuse to get it done yeah, it was. It, I believe that was just kind of to keep the stock from 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 falling. Which, by the uh, way, to, speaking of stock, sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, after the call, it looks like it climbed about two percent, which is yeah, which is actually a little bit less than I would have thought. But maybe you might see a more tomorrow. You might see a little bit more of an increase, uh, depending. I haven't seen. I mean, I just I just pulled up a merit TD Ameritrade and looked like I haven't looked at it at all today up until now. I just looked at it and said, oh, okay, it went up a little bit. Um, it was at thirty-seven eighty something last I checked. What is it yeah. at now? Uh, let me see. It is still. It was thirty-seven, thirty-seven thirty-three. It's fall. It just fell a little bit while I was putting the phone down, okay. and it's an after-hours trading right now. But um, it'll, it'll, you know, when when the stock opens, when the Dow opens tomorrow, it'll probably pop up a couple of dollars. I would be interested to see how it does because anytime you have a positive earnings call. You're good. That's going to happen. It's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, and the fact that they're probably not going to, they're going to have their best year ever. I would expect quarter four to be good for them too, as well. I mean, well, I don't know. Quarter four is going to be when all of these, what they've, all the money they've spent comes in because, you know, the Thunderdome happened in Q3. So it doesn't fall in Q3 financially. Sure. That's true. Well, I guess what I mean, I would just have to say, it sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds like to me that I think it's fair to say outside of the outbreaks in the three different areas of the WWE in Florida, 
they handle the financial side of this pandemic pretty well so far. Oh, but it works, like we said, it works to their advantage when you don't have to go anywhere. You know, when you're able to kind of stay and and do your thing, and you've got people at home who are craving content anyway, like i.e. more network subscriptions and things like that. I mean, it's it's not that surprising. I mean, we've seen it. Like this is just, and this is kind of like not necessarily WWE talk here, I guess, but. Think of it like this. We've seen the net worth of all these billionaires go up while everybody else gets poor, right? Because eat the rich. Jeez. And it's not surprising that Vince McMahon and company are making more money because that's ex- this this whole thing is almost caters to these people exactly. It's like everyone's at home, we're bored. If we if we still kept our jobs, we're like, fuck it, I got anything else to do. We'll watch the network. I'm gonna get on Amazon and buy a bunch of crap I don't need. Like it's well, not that surprising. Eat the rich. Well, think Agreed. About, Agreed. Think about this. Um, this is what so many people who are anti WWE hate is that no matter what happens, WWE is always going to be a financial juggernaut because they're almost too big to fail. But they also make, as much as people hate to hear it, extremely salient decisions financially. That may not be morally based. That may not be, you know, the most comfortable for people to digest. But they do exactly what a business is supposed to do, a a corporately traded business, which is they make money for their shareholders. That's true. That's the number one objective. Yeah. And social responsibility is what, what the term you use for things you're supposed to do to help out the community and the people that that are stakeholders and social and those things are not necessarily rules as much as they're like guidelines. If yeah, that makes hopes. sense. And that's yeah. kind of so once again, you know, it's just it's not it's not that it's none of this is really all that surprising. I'm 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 not really too shocked at the numbers necessarily. Well, let me. So that was just the financial part of the call. Let me get to the questions and answers and some of the other important, interesting things that came from the call. Because there's one in particular I want to talk about, but there's some other things I think you guys might find interesting. Um, so first off, this is the first time that um, the new CFO, the new um, what is what is uh, Nick Khan? What is he? This the C the chief revenue officer. And president, like these, the new people who got installed. This is their first conference call, right? So that's that's a that's a big thing. Um, so some of the interesting things are, um, of course, there's new WWE Studios content coming, which is um, the new season of Total Bell is coming. They WWE has a new show on A and E called The Quest for Lost WWE Treasures, which is going to be hosted by Triple H and Stephanie. The show's going to take viewers on the ultimate hunt to find some of WWE's most iconic lost memorabilia. So that's pretty big. Of course, they're also having more of the biography documentaries on WWE. Um, I'm going to skip the other one because that's what we're going to talk about last. Uh, Let me see what else we got here. Okay, on the Q&A portion of the call uh, for Vince... Uh, Vince was asked about ratings and if there are any firm plans to improve them, and uh, and if ratings staying where they are will hurt ne- negotiations for rights fees when they come back around. Vince said they have more fans than ever, but 
the total uh and the, and the total audience is much bigger than just the TV audience. He says you can't just hang your hat on TV viewership being down. He mentioned how WWE's never off the air. And he says you might say viewership is down, but the overall viewership and engagement needs to be considered. He also said WWE is doing everything they can to improve. The Thunderdome bought some fans back, but they want better execution of the creative and better writing. Um, then Nick Khan jumped in and said TV in general has lost viewers. We all know that. Yeah. But WWE viewership has not overall. Consum- consumption of WWE content is significantly up. And WWE remains confident that TV rights fees will also go up. He also top- touted how WWE topped the NHL Stanley Cup viewership in the key demographic. And they also did well against the Lakers playing against the end of the, playing at the, end of the season. Uh, they were asked about the Mino rights, uh, Middle East and North Africa, still negotiating, still in contact with the Saudis. That just ain't going to happen. It seems like it's going to be a minute. But when they get that, ching, ching. This is going to be out there touching that glowing ball and shit. When he's um, say, no, you got to see, you got to see Vince dressing like the Emirates, bro. <laughs> I'm saying it's going to be hilarious. Um, it says there's no, there's currently no plans to add advertising to the network free version, but it could change. Because, you know, if you guys remember, there is a free version of the network. One thing we didn't talk about is all the podcasts now have a video version on the network. So, like, Lillian Garcia's on the network now. Uh, Sam Roberts has his wrestling show on the network. Swerve City, uh, Swerve Scott has his on the network. Like, there's a, so that's a big thing. That's more things they're doing to diversify. Um, it was noted that they're waiting for the return of live events and touring. They still have some employees who are furloughed, which makes for short-term financial cuts. But they're hoping to bring some of these employees back by the end of the year, like I mentioned earlier. Um, in regards to if they will have no live events in 2021, um, or maybe half of the year, uh, and if they'll run uh, Saudi Arabia shows, uh, Salen, who's the C- the CFO, said they have not commented on the 2021 Obida before uh, this early uh, and uh, said diligently working on the 2021 financial and operational plans. And her and Connor are still getting settled into jobs, so they'll talk about that down the way. But they plan on having an event in India because what they're hoping to do is they're hoping to, uh, regarding the event plan for 2021, they're seeking the right talents and the right structure so that the event makes sense for all parties involved. This will be with Sony in India. Uh, so they're looking at doing, like, going into India officially with the show, maybe a performance center. Um, when asked if there's anything NXT does that could be used to improve Raw SmackDown, Khan praised SmackDown and Raw for how they've held up. Uh, Vince was asked what he and the company needs to see before uh, they're willing to bring fans back. And he said that the call that they had with uh, Trump earlier this year with all the other sports leagues, uh, managers, bosses, commissioners, he talked about that and said uh, that that was the extent of the discussions. He says when the virus eases up and it's safe for fans and talents, that's when they'll talk about it, but not before then. Um, and yeah, so that's the main things. But the one thing I didn't speak of, anything you want to talk about before I get to the main thing? 
Not really. It sounds like yeah. a lot of it sounds like a lot of businessman political speak. Whether things are good or bad, you're going to get everything spun a certain way. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of it's true. Uh, I'm you know, I don't get caught up in ratings in general, so oh, it doesn't Carl, surprise me so that he would either. Do another India show though, because then your boy Gender will get another push. Hey, I'm here for it. They uh, they can go to India and get some uh, get another COVID outbreak because India is like the next country in line behind us. Shut up, bro. Super spreader no. event. We're, you know what? They need to go and hang out with Dakota and with Fale's families in Ze- New Zealand because they completely back to normal. That's right. Um, but no, the biggest news coming out of the entire, besides financial information, is WWE has signed a deal with Netflix to do a biography, a series of biographies, documentaries, rather, on Vince McMahon, you know, yeah, my and, thing and on Bill. That well, is... hold on, and hold on, real quick. And Bill Simmons is going to be producing it. So if you watch the Andre the Giant doc, which is fantastic, you know, by the way. you know Simmons is in it. He's in it when he's handling stuff like this. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go. How tra- Like how? How? What's the word I'm looking for? Like how honest are they going to be? Yeah, like how real is this going to get and how much is of it is just going to be some like whitewashed savior Vince McMahon shit. So I'll jump I in thing with that. Like you know, we know Vince is like the godfather under the industry but like Vince is also pretty fucked up. I'll jump in first and call if you want a back door. Okay. Vince is a lot realer than we give him credit for. Because Vince has always allowed a, a lot of his dirt to be talked about uh, in public. Of course, I think we'd be ridiculous and be, be stupid to think that he's going to like open all the closets and the lock boxes and whatnot. But I think he'll allow a lot of the bullshit to be talked about. But more importantly than this, I, I, I think if you watched Andre's doc, they really went in depth with some stuff that I don't think anybody knew. Right. It talked about how Andre was was slightly was kind of racist. It talked about all the issues he had with his family and his daughter and how he had no relationship with his daughter. They really went into it. So I, they'll never go that far with with uh, Vince because he's alive. But I do think that it will be worth the watch. And I do think they will tackle at least they'll try to tackle some of the more public issues that we've seen or heard of involving Vince. Sure. Um, just off the top of my head, same day that we hear about the announcement of the Vince stock is the same day we hear that Netflix decided to jack their prices up some more. So I know one thing, if I'm going to watch this Vince documentary and it's a damn fluff piece, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you heard this is the highest they've ever bid on a show. Yeah, by far, uh, like not even close. That, that, like I said, that's why they rate jacking my prices up. So I'm interested to see it. I mean, I'm gonna watch. I would definitely watch it. I, um, I do think kind of what you said. It's gonna be. I think you'll get about fifty fifty. I, I as long I feel like it's kind of how any like these famous larger than life figures, especially like you said, the fact that he's alive is gonna keep a lot of that stuff behind. It's kind of like. The Michael Jordan stuff when they did the uh, Tim Part doc on him, the last dance, yeah. 
I mean, a lot of people think that was kind of a Jordan fluff piece. And I think uh, because Jordan is one of those guys that the stuff that we know about him punching teammates and shit like that kind of stuff. If he had been around in the social media age, if he'd been doing that in the social media age, he'd probably be getting crucified, you know, and I don't necessarily agree that it was that, but I think that's kind of what you're going to get very, I think it's going to be very similar in that vein, you know, where you're just going to get, you're going to get a lot of good. You're going to get some bad, but mostly good. Cause that's, well, he, that's who he I'll, is. I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you one thing that they won't highlight right now, especially they damn sure ain't fixing to highlight the fact that Vince has overlooked the fact that he has employed a shit ton of woman beaters and abusers. Oh, God, no. Yeah. No. no. Of course not. He ain't about to draw, the fa- about to draw but, attention to that because then people going to start looking at his UK roster and being like... But keep it a buck. Keep, let's, keep it, let's, keep it, let's keep it real. That's not his fault. It's his fault for not firing him, but it's not his fault for hiring them. He didn't know that. He, know there was a, he didn't know there were those people when he hired them. That's not his fault. Now, how he's, handled it, how he's handled it is absolutely his fault. But he's no different than any other CEO in the, company, in the country that would, do, that would do the same thing he's doing. And, I'm, right. and for the record, I'm not sticking up for him. I'm admonishing everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I'm sticking up for Vince. He, he, but I just I don't think it's fair to lump him in that as one of his failures when he, was, he didn't do anything. He hired them not knowing that, you know, these motherfuckers were like, sexual deviance and abuse right. and whatnot. Sure. I mean, maybe the most recent batch he hired without knowing that, but like back in the territory days, like you knew some of that motherfuckers were pieces of shit. But they drew gates. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But they weren't higher like they were now. It was uh I'll see you for six weeks and then you keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody gonna think of this. But you but look he's not I even the most staunch supporter of Vince knows that Vince is, piece, is a piece of shit. Vince will tell you he's a piece of shit. <laughs> he jokes all the time that he's the devil. He will tell you this. Um, yeah, so, he don't care. He ain't worried about it. No. At his age, he ain't worried about it. He wouldn't be worried about. It. He wasn't worried about it twenty five years ago. He damn sure he worried about it now in his mid seventies. Look, let me let me tell you how how little of a fuck Vince gives. When Vince fucked over Bret Hart with the Montreal screw job, he went to the back, prepared to say, well, Vince got to not, he got to beat my ass so we can get out of here. Waited for Vince to beat it, waited for Brett to beat his ass. And then the next night came out and said, yeah, Brett screwed Brett. Like <laughs> that is, that is some of the most scumbag shit you could do. And he was, he happily did it. That, Vince is a scumbag. We know he is. But either way, there's the money they're spending for this documentary automatically tells you it's going to be worth the watch. I, mean, I would be like shocked if like I watched this and I'm like, well, that was terrible. You know uh, what I mean? Like I, there's, you, there's no way. Are you surprised with who they made it, who they made the deal with? Are you surprised it was with Netflix and now with HBO or Amazon or anybody else? I'm not because uh, Netflix is known for overpaying. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> fantastic true. answer. And you also got to wonder, though, because it's at the end of the day, it's still a WWE uh, production. And, you know, so maybe like having it on Netflix, probably broader audience to, like you just said, overpaying out the wazoo for it. And three, like if you put anything you put on HBO, if if there ain't eight sex scenes and 45 F-bombs in the first five minutes, you ain't watching an HBO show. I don't know how to do that. 
No, yeah, HBO documentaries documentaries are HBO. different. H- yeah. No, no. I here's what it tells me. It tells me that they're not looking for awards on this one because, like, if you make an HBO documentary, like that is like some high level. Holy shit! We're gonna be talking about this for a little while. Emmys calling, baby. Yeah. Like you taking that Netflix money, that tells me that you shopped to the highest bidder. And Netflix, who is traditionally known for overpaying like a motherfucker for things that they think they want, was the highest bidder. So what you're saying is fluff piece. That's Probably. what he already he already thinks is gonna be a fluff piece. Vince propaganda. <laughs> I mean, you know, why not? If root beer can make their propaganda on YouTube every week, then Vince can make there you propaganda go. on no. Bro, if I get a Tony Khan documentary in the next two years, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> the life and times. Like, bro, no. No, 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 Let's be real. Let's be real. The Tony Khan documentary is just going to be called Wank the Dog. <laughs> Jesus. Hi, Ricky and Clive. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wank the Dog, the Tony Khan story. Um... Do we have any AW stuff you want to talk about? I know you were watching Dynamite before we got on the call. I mean, I don't have any like big shit I want to talk about. They got full gear coming up, but we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, I love Hangman Page always and forever. I love Sunny Kiss always and forever. I do want to talk about one thing real quick before we move to Impact. And yes, we're talking two Impact stories. So... Pray for me now. If you don't, if you don't pray, then light one up for me right I now. I mean, they already know that 2020 is the apocalypse. Like you voted this year. Don't be telling my people my business like that in the streets. <laughs> I have an image to uphold. <laughs> yes, I voted. Um, uh, no, uh, I want to know, and you can tell me better than anybody because you're you are the most ardent watcher of the show. AKA, you're the only one that watches regularly <laughs> of the three of us. Uh, why do Bucks feel like they got to go crooked and got to go like, got to go the way of training day, Denzel and training day, so they can wrestle the Bucks? Like, I don't understand any of this build up to this match. I don't understand why the Bucks are doing anything they're doing. I don't understand why the Bucks are acting like heels but saying their faces. And I know. Storyline, that's what a heel does. No, no, fuck that. The only reason the Bucks are doing this is because Kenny's going back to being the cleaner, and they can't be the elite if they're misaligned. So the Bucks are forcing a heel turn on themselves. That's my take. It's probably a wrong take, according to the root beer loyalists who think that literally everything they do is golden. But I am on record saying I watch the show every week, and the worst thing about the show is the EVPs. Segments that don't involve the EVPs are awesome. Segments that involve the EVPs are overbooked messes. I have no comment. I don't really watch Dynamite or AEW Dark or Brandy cooking meals with Brandy Rose in her kitchen. But I just don't. The Young Bucks have like they just don't do anything for me. They still act like it's it's the like. They're like we called them last week. I think we talked about them, the, or the week before, the not so young bucks. I mean, I don't know. I just can't. And and can't to all uh, you know, and as I again to all the root beer loyalists, you know, as we record this shirt, this shirt, this show, I am wearing a Dark Order T-shirt. 
Join the Dark Order. We have juice. <laughs> Shout out to Dark Order. Shout out to the fact that Alex Reynolds is walking and healthy. Oh, you yeah. mean that? You mean speaking that thing that happened where the EVPs? Yeah, yeah. Fuck the Young Bucks. How are you going to be the executive vice president of a company? Have one of your talents out cold in the fucking ring, and you just keep going, mm. and then you do a spot with him. Got to get the shit in. Supposed to hit the mat again? <laughs> did 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 you see that they uh that they that they uh copyrighted all the videos of it on Twitter? Of course they did because they can't have that getting out because heaven forbid something taint their little reputation. That's the bigger problem with the EVPs of this fucking company is that all the EVPs of that company can't handle criticism. They got the thinnest of skins. You run a company now. Your company is on fucking television. You are held responsible for the fuck shit. I do have one. I do have one AEW segment that I was gonna save for last, but Kyle it's really spit not AEW. Fire just did. It's the Kyle spit your fire. Bring it back. I love it. Uh, I it, love it. It just pisses me off. Like you're you run the company. The buck stops with you. How Pun are intended. you gonna put up with this shit? Especially considering, in the case of the Bucks, they have been in this business for like twenty years. You yep. know what head trauma is. I mean, yeah. Beautiful. Shh, shut up, Carl. Shut up. Let me go. Let me keep going. Uh, just like, you know, where the fuck where the fuck my dog Andrew Yang now? <laughs> um, facts speak on we, it. We talked about that two weeks ago. That's what's funny. Kyle didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> he pulled a Carl. I didn't listen. Of course, I listen. of course I listen. I listen I to fuck up my plugs. <laughs> it was, it I definitely didn't listen, so don't worry. I it know was bad. Listen. It was it was bad, Kyle. It was bad. But okay, you keep keep that feeling you got because you I'm, I have a feeling you gotta spit some more fire. All right, all right, all right. So um this week brought rumors that Thunder Rosa was signing potentially with WWE. Even to even to her credit, she's been teasing it on her Twitter. She took a picture of her um, at her gym with on her on her thigh on her hip with WWE question mark AEW question mark and NWA question mark first trap. Well, of course, even <laughs> big even even little Dick Daddy Meltzer said that she was talking with WWE on his Twitter. However, now to to give some to give some factual information, Billy Corrigan has said that she's still signed with NWA through the end of next year. Whatever that means, if that's factual, cool. I don't know, but that's what he says. He's the owner. However, shit, both Tony and Vince could buy out that contract. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. But but here's the thing. Here's the here's the point that I think both that all of us are going to have a problem with. They just announced the first women's match on Dynamite for Full Gear, and that's Hikaru Shida, their AEW Women's Champion, is going to fight Nyla. Where the fuck Nyla been? Cool. No build-up, just throw it on the card, right? All I've heard for almost a year now is, well, the AEW Women's Division, you know... Give them time. They're working on it. Oh, well, you know, everybody's hurt, so we can't do anything about it because people are hurt. 
oh, well, you know what? People are hurt and the COVID happened, so all their best wrestlers are overseas. But yet you watch every dark and there's six women every night that you've never heard of or signed that are wrestling. Thunder Rosa is the biggest free agent among all women in the business. And she wrestled for your company twice. Yeah. Why Where's have you not signed been? her? Where's Nyla Rose been? But meanwhile, meanwhile, where's Nyla been? But meanwhile, you got the fucking NWA Women's Championship being defended on Dynamite. You don't showcase the women that you got under contract, but you got the NWA Women's title being defended on your show. And the first time you had to defend it, Thunder, Thunder Rose wasn't even signed to you. At least Serena Deeb is signed to you guys. <clears throat> sure. Well, so hold on, though. Like, So when I know there was one match that she wrestled Ivelisse, right? And so is Ivelisse, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, she's not signed with, 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 with them either. They finally signed her. Okay, so maybe that could be part of the hesitation if you're Thunder Rose or wanting to sign. Maybe you don't want to work with someone like that who literally sandbagged your ass in one of the matches that you had on television. She but wasn't then, signed at that time yet, so they could have signed. They could have chosen her, even at least if that was the deal. Right, that's true too. Then, yeah. Who fair. do you think? Who do you think means more to the company, Thunder Rosa or Eva Lee, who's wrestled for every company available? Nobody. Oh wants yeah, to. for sure, Thunder Rosa. I think. I mean, I told you guys if she went to WWE, I told you all this yesterday. If she went to WWE, she, even if it was just NXT, she instantly becomes one of my favorite people on that roster because she's fantastic. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I don't know where she's going to end up, but I know where I hope she ends up. Probably the show that I'm going to watch. Let's <laughs> go <So> SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch NXT a little bit more often if she was on it, for sure. Well, NXT got you the best women's division in the NXT, business. You don't watch NXT now, and it's got your girl Shotzi on it. I know, but it's hard. It's a lot. Of, it's just a lot of wrestling. Okay, I'm busy. <laughs> you and locked in our houses. Uh, yes. Well, sometimes I still have okay, to go to work. No way, no way. I lied, I lied, I lied. I forgot. You live in Arkansas. There are no rules there. True. Very true. <laughs> I'm surprised there are rules in South Carolina, though. I mean, let's be honest. I, you know I would never live in a, in a terrible part of our state. Yeah, he, yeah, in the city he lives in, there's rules. Maybe not all the, all the state. Yeah, no. Um, we extended our mask ordinance through November. How hilarious would it be, though, like legitimately if Thunder Rose signed WWE? Like, it wouldn't be, I don't mean hilarious in the sense that because it'd be fantastic and they'd use her the best, I would think. But, like, I think that would be an indictment that they really don't give a fuck about the women. Agreed. I don't, I don't see how it could be anything any, else. Any other conclusion but that? Because she's wrestled on your show. You know she's one of the best women, especially free agents that that are out there. So that truly, I mean, you can, at that point, it's like saying, okay, well, we believe in who we got. We got Brandy Rhodes, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like they also use, but they also have been using Evelise and Diamante, and to our knowledge, they're not signed. They are now, but they, oh, but they, they, they used them. They used them for months before they were. Yes, um, but Mercedes, Mercedes was the Joker in their battle royal, the whatever it's called, the call, the call me later, maybe better, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it is. The Casino Battle Royal. There we go. Call me um, later. I, it was something with a C. I couldn't remember it. Sorry. Uh, but she was a Joker, which is like their number 30th entrant. And right. she never got signed. So it's I just don't. I can understand the Ben Carter slightly because there were issues with the visa. 
So maybe, and, and he was trained by WWE as one of their top stars. So maybe he just didn't want to be there. Maybe it was just the perfect timing. I could, maybe I could give you a pass for that. But there's no excuse for you not signing Thunder Rosa. None. Agreed. I'm going to speak it into existence that she will sign with the WWE. And I, I'm actually hoping she signs with WWE, but part of me hopes she signs with AEW so they can finally get me to shut up and actually show that they care. <laughs> I don't want you to shut up, though. I like when you're talking. Well, I mean, about that at least. I I care about the women in that division. Neither sure. Rose is fantastic. Kakaro Shida's tr- tremendous. Like they have Big Swallow is off the charts. They have Britt Baker is great. They have great women in that division. They just don't give a shit. And how do we know that if they sign her, they would continue to not just do nothing? Well, I look, mean, they follow the status quo because they, they're not doing anything now. <laughs> that's true. Speaking of a woman that they had signed that got the fuck out of there, Kylie Ray. That's in a hurry, too. Can can and she was there? Well, she wasn't their first signing, Britt was, but she was their second big signing. Can I go off on this real quick? Sure. Bound for Glory was this past Saturday. Of course, yeah. One of the big main events that people were most looking forward to. And, you know, the, probably the only match that most people could tell you outside of Swan and Eric Young was Kylie Ray to, uh, going to hopefully win the Impact Knockouts Championship from the newly signed Deanna Perrazzo. Big time match. Huge match, right? Deanna is one of the best on the indies. Deanna got there and won the title like in her second match or something. Kylie Ray, the best woman. One of the best in the business. Fantastic. Yep. Build up to the match the whole time. Cool. The whole day, you're showing previews of the match. The whole show, you're previewing to the match. Before the match, you run the vignette of the of what's of what's going on. What happened to the feuding? You run her music. Kylie Ray is not there. She can't fight. She can't wrestle. So Rosemary comes out. Cool. Car subject to change, this, that, and the other. Here's the problem. Out of nowhere, Kylie Ray apparently showed up, said she couldn't wrestle, and left. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows what's happening. Everybody's people were so worried about her that people who were working the show were calling to see what happened. They knew ahead in, in enough time to let the people who bought the pay-per-view, a 30, 40, whatever dollar pay-per-view, maybe for Kylie, they had enough time to say, Kylie's not here, we'll switch, this was going to happen. You knew it wasn't a last-minute thing, right? This isn't Benoit trying to find him, hopefully he shows up. This isn't Jeff Hardy, maybe we can sober him up before. No, she showed up and left. Okay, whatever. Wrestling media. Why do we just accept that Kylie Ray can whatever she just leaves or whatever and nobody wants to know why? Help me understand. Why is it okay? And again, I love Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray spent so much of her career here in Houston with Booker T. I've watched Kylie Ray more times than I can remember. Kylie Ray is one of the sweet. Huh? I said, yeah, but this has become a pattern. This has become a pattern. And I'm not even admonishing Kylie Ray for doing what she's doing. I don't understand why she gets a pass from everybody in the media. Well, Kylie Ray said this. She's not injured, but she's okay. Cool. No. Y'all live here rummaging the trash for every other wrestling person. 
and what's happening in their life. Oh, well, we don't know who got the COVID. Well, we're going to figure it out. Oh, Kayla Braxton. She didn't tell you all that. He'll figure it out. You know, that, that was just that was just a report come out this week that there was another COVID outbreak in the performance center. And apparently it came from a coach who gave it to the people. And that's why Indy Hartwell wasn't on the damn show last night. Nobody told them that. They went and dug that up. So we can find that out. But Kylie Ray gets a pass. We're not going to bother her, though. Kylie's cool. We're not going to ask her any questions. Yeah, it sounds very much like um, building up. I don't know what the right word is, but like uh, building up. Good, like you're in the good graces because you're not problematic necessarily or whatever. And so you get passes for those reasons instead of we should always be holding people accountable, especially in this situation where she where it's a show that people paid their hard earned money for. I mean, we're talking about we're not talking about just paying your hard earned money. We're talking about paying your hard earned money in a situation right now in the United States or elsewhere where we're in the middle of a pandemic where money could be scarce for some people and still people are paying their money for this show. She should be held accountable. I, I don't understand. I'm with you on this rant. Like, I didn't even know the situation until you brought it up. I was asking you. I was like, I hadn't heard anything about Kyler Ray, And now it makes more sense because you're saying the media didn't even really hardly talk about it. So, yeah, it seems like if this happens, I mean, it sounds very impacty in general. But, well, you know. You know <laughs> this is the same company where later on in that same show, they ran a murder angle. <laughs> Well, hold on. We're gonna get there. I want to talk. I want to talk some more shit about this because I'm pissed off about this. But yeah, no, I'm this pisses that. me off. I just want to like. I think there's. I don't know. I didn't know about Kyler Ray's past issues. I don't know if her no showing shows is a thing. Uh, you, you kind of made it seem like maybe this is something. No, she, no, not no showing shows isn't a thing. She has a thing about like showing up or making commitments and then just something happens at and the she last can't second. do it. Right. Oh, so it's, it's kind of like someone who calls in sick all the time, like yeah, like five minutes before the shift's supposed to start, basically. So, so this know? is so you know she was supposed to be she was supposed to be in the big match with AEW. She had one match, and then there was another big match she was scheduled for, and then right. she couldn't she didn't show up. She she I guess she said she couldn't do it, and then all of a sudden she left the company out of just randomly for months. Nobody looked it up. People were even attacking people like Sean Ross Sapp and Meltzer, and they were saying, "Well, it's not my business, bitch." But you, but you, but you sent it telling me what type of cancer Roman Reigns got before he told us. Like, right. no, you know. And so, and now this happens. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not as upset with Kylie, even though I it, it this is becoming a pattern. This is this is this is all I'm saying. If WrestleMania was tomorrow, and Alexa Bliss was scheduled to fight Becky Lynch for the world championship. One of the main events of the show. One of the biggest, most advertised matches for the show. And Sunday afternoon, she showed up to the to the building and was like, I can't wrestle. And leaves. You think nobody's going to be like, well, what happened? You really oh, think what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. It's a matter of consistency in terms of what we're doing with who we're holding accountable. And look, to be fair, like I understand, like, for all we know, maybe Kylie Ray is going through something that is none of our business. But at the same time, there is 
there's an accountability factor. Unfortunately, you're in the entertainment industry, and that's just kind of. But you're right. You're right, Carl. It is none of our business. That's the point. None of it is our business. But right. you make it your business. These people who do who who follow the sport, who are paid to do this, who are paid to give us information and make their livings being wrestling journalists or wrestling reporters, whatever you want to call it, yeah. they'll make it their business to find out anything about any other wrestler in the business. But Kylie continues to get a pass. And I love her. I think she is fantastic. Why is she the only one? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, accountability is a big deal and you've got to hold the same, especially when you're talking about journalists and things like that, the same journalistic integrity and standards you've got to do. And I mean, it's, it works both ways, you know, Kylie, like you said, if these journalists are going to go after these other people, then they need to have the same integrity when it comes to any superstar. It's just, I mean, you're right. I don't, I, I, there's not much I can add really outside of just agreeing with you on this. Well, yeah, go, go ahead and talk about the shooting because this, this pisses me off when I think about it. I mean, and that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Go ahead and talk about the shooting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, the shooting should, the shooting will put a smile on your face because it's so fucking absurd and so Not mine. Ridiculous. Maybe y'all's. Not uh, mine. So apparently later on in the show, they were doing a wedding angle. I this don't was on, know. This, for, the, for the record, this wasn't on Bound for Glory. This was on the post Bound for Glory episode. Yeah, Rosemary so, is supposed to be marrying Johnny Bravo. He Johnny Bravo is like a really campy, old school, ridiculous type of a manager. Yeah, so um, they're doing this wedding angle, and as as is tradition with a wrestling wedding, of course, something crazy has to happen. Some shit has to happen. So the lights go out. And all of a sudden, I'm like, popping already. <laughs> we hear these bangs, just <laughs> and the light comes back on. It's fucking Johnny Bravo lying on the ground with this like blood stain in his chest because he's apparently been shot. He's been switched cheesed up. And Tommy Dreamer, fucking King Ham, Tommy Dreamer. Swoops in and scoops up Bravo and just screams out Rocky style, just no. So okay, real quick, we gotta we gotta discuss because this shit's hilarious. Rance sent that to us in the in our little group chat, right? And I don't watch Impact. Okay, I am like I would I might watch Dynamite before I watch Impact. Okay. And you and he was like, no, you got to watch this. And I'm like, okay, fine. I trust my boy Rance. I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched anything on Impact in so long. I laughed out loud immediately when Dreamer hit us with the, the extended no. And my the thing about it is, it's the dumbest shit ever. It's so stupid. But they just lean right into it. And you cannot, you have to respect the fact that they're just like, look, we're impacted. No, the fuck we we're, don't. You know, we're impacted. We're terrible. And this we're is May Young giving birth to a hand levels of ham. I don't have to respect shit. We're the show that ends our show saying you don't have to respect it. If you don't, we don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> That's fair. Oh my God. You're right. It, it's, oh, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. 
But I just like I can't, and I I like silly stuff in wrestling. I like silly stuff in wrestling, but not that silly. And I just can't stop. I can't stop thinking about how they just were like, we're gonna, we're just gonna lean into it. We're just gonna go for it, and it is what it is. You know, get your get your yucks out before I shut this shit down. Get your yucks out. Here's what made me loop back to like enjoying the hilarity of it. It's so bad. Yes. It, it's one of those where it's like, God, this is so bad, it's almost good. This is so bad, it's almost good. Because it's so bad. Oh. I mean, how did this get... This is, like, so bad, it's like, how did this ever get greenlit? It's so bad. Right, how did this get past, like... Uh, there's no way. I'm trying to think of something you can compare it. Like, this you just is, said Mae Young on the hand. Like the same not, company, though, that got kicked off Twitch because they had a simulated sex scene with Rob Van Dam and his two girlfriends. So don't know. Impact does not care. Impact Impact's part Impact's parent company bought a TV network to make sure Impact had a TV channel. So no, they don't care. No, definitely not. Oh god. I guess if you're not getting paychecks, you know, I care. Tommy Dreamer screaming no forever. And it's something about it's something about the gunshots where like it's like if you watch it, it goes completely dark. And the gunshots just look like they're in the middle of the screen. Like, it doesn't even, like, it's not even, like, it's hard for me to explain. Because then, like, wherever Bravo was placed, it looks like the gunshots are, like, l- way it high. Looks and terrible. Like, yeah, it, it looks, looks terrible. It doesn't even, like, oh, it's so I would have popped more if they had done it, like, with the lights on. Honestly. Of course, you can't do that. But I would have popped more, probably, had they can- done that. Can I shut this shit down, please? Are y'all are y'all done? Uh, yeah. I'm are you are you done? Yeah. Yes. Done having fun. Here comes the fun, police. Have you ever seen Kevin Hart? He's like the worst thing that a man could ever say to his woman. The argument is, are you done? Because oh, yeah. you know he got I'm... some shit. <laughs> Number one. Number one. This is a clear takeoff of J.R. Ewing, who shot J.R. in, like, 1979. If that's the most current thing you can copy, you're canceled, number one. <laughs> number two, you built up to this for, like, five months, and this is the best you can think to end it? That's number two. Number three, now I'm going to get a little serious. Forgive me for being this guy. But all these motherfuckers getting shot in real life, and this y'all think it's funny to shoot a dude in wrestling? Really? That's I, I'm desensitized That's to it, I guess, because of all the. I mean, there's so much sh- shooting and shit on television in general. I guess it doesn't really didn't cross my mind that way. But that's fair. That is a fair criticism. But this, but this, this isn't. This isn't. I'm not reenacting. I'm not pretending to be on the street and and showing like wrestling is simulated real life entertainment. Sure. <laughs> so it's like, we're, we're, then, we're, he's gonna come he's gonna come back to life in like six weeks. You know he is. Oh yeah. Because bet you just like J.R. Ewing, it either it was it was a dream that Rosemary had or he did it himself. It's it's some it's gonna be some stupid clue esque D- Dallas esque thing. Oh I, no I, definitely it's, dreamer. It's obvious yeah. Dreamer. He he was just the conviction Too of campy. the now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me let me ask you this. Real real question here. I'm real serious, guys, and I want a real answer. Oh, better God, act better acting performance. Roman Reigns crying at Hell in a Cell 
or Tommy Dreamer crying over the loss of his beloved friend, Johnny Bravo. Bro, look at Roman's eyes. Roman's eyes were legit red. He was really crying. <laughs> All I'm saying is there weren't a lot of Oscar performances this year, so they might both have a chance. No. <laughs> and the nominees for Best Actor in a Motion Picture are... Tom Thomas Dreamer. Thomas Dreamer. Thomas Dreamer. I love it. Tom Dreamer's not even his last name. Thomas might be his real name. We're calling him Thomas Dreamer. Thomas Dreamer and Who Shot Johnny. Oh my God. This is so bad. Like when I saw I'm offended at how bad it is. That's what's messed up about it. Like it is like See, you're so, offended at how bad it is. I'm delighting in how bad it is. It's it's impact. No, but look, that, see, that's impact. So, like that's uh, like should happen. I feel after. like that's a tagline, right? <laughs> do, 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 do. That's impact. <laughs> <laughs> Broken Matt was so bad, it's good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rosemary and the Undead Bride. No, no, that's too young. But Rosemary and her Rosemary World is so bad, it's good. And then you have, oh well, we're gonna throw. Uh, we're gonna throw Mickey James on a real, a real uh, railroad and have a train kill her off. That's not so good. We're gonna have LAX and the new LAX and the old LAX beef so hard that they're gonna shoot up a ten-year-old kid in a gang shooting. That's not so good. <laughs> we got a man getting married in the middle of the ring in the middle of the one of the most heated and contentious moments in presidential elections of our lives. And oh yeah, we're just going to shoot the dude in the middle of the ring and be like, yeah, no big deal. Like That's not so good. What are we I thinking? Rance, I got two words for you. Claire Lynch. Uh, I am pining for the days when the worst thing about Impact is Claire Lynch. I just, I just want to know for those days. Because at least with Claire Lynch, at least with Claire Lynch, I could laugh at Daniels and, and Kaz laughing at AJ. Gosh, Christopher Daniels with that fucking apple teeny that he was drinking for like 10 years? Yes. Here's my question. Guys, should I be watching Impact? Like, I, I mean... No. You guys keep no. giving me these great moments. No. I don't know no. what to do with myself. No. 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 Fine. You want, I wouldn't even know where to find want, it, to be honest with you. You want to watch a mid-level channel, a mid-level wrestling company that isn't a, a WWE or New Japan? Watch MLW. Fine. Rance, or not Rance, Carl, the, the uh, Impact World Championship match was Eric Young versus Rich Swan. That is yeah, not what you want any part and, and of. And everyone was and like... I like Rich Swan, but I know Carl well enough to know that that is not something you want any part of. No, I don't want to see Gilbert versus Rich Swan. That's exactly who Eric Young looks like right now. I'll pass. So, I'm good. I know that would get me heat. I don't care. You know where to find me on Twitter, okay? In these in these streets in 2020, it's it's heat for talking trash about Eric Young. I mean, you know these impact marks. You know, how they are. wait, hey, yeah, the impact 
We know one impact mark, and his first name is Caleb. His last name is Baldwin. That's yeah. the only one. I will say I this. Caleb. When I saw the, the the supposedly the Rich Swan match was very good, and I'm sure it was. Um, however, I yeah, I, I saw that uh, the the they kept showing this highlight of this one move Rich Swan did. It was like a somersault, whatever the fuck, and like camera cut right before he essentially got like none of it. And then I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, dude, he missed like he missed like three quarters of that. Well, well, that's the other thing. They messed up so much of the production. Like Heath and Rhino cut a promo that Rhino messed up so bad. Rhino said on live, hey, start over the segment. And he's like, we live, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is the same company. But this is the same company that like. This is the same company that is owned by an organization that does combat sports. For, like, that's what Anthem does is combat sports. And they bought a fucking television network, and yet this is still a company with Bush League production values. And like, I've, I've noticed. Look cheap. I've, I've noticed. Didn't Ring, did Ring of Honor buy their, still all their production people? I mean, I don't know. Oh, what's Dillard around? I don't know because I don't watch Ring of Honor anymore. Well, I was thinking though that Kyle, you said it a lot, and maybe this should be as opposed to that's Impact. Maybe the Impact slogan should be "This is a company," because like it seems like anytime we say anything about Impact, it's like, well, this is the same fucking company that does this. It's the same fucking company that does that. Somehow they still they're like the cockroaches of wrestling. You know, they're just they're still hanging around no matter what. They're 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 protozoa. They're like they're more than cockroaches, bruh. <laughs> That's impact. <laughs> Anytime we talk about impact from now on, if we don't finish with That's impact. We have failed as a podcast. That's gotta be the we should make us some kind of like get a drop. drop yes, yeah, a drop, yeah. I can get that for you. I like it. I, get, I can get that. I'll, we could talk impact every week if we do that. Cause I don't, I'll pop for that. <laughs> Bro. No, I, well, look, you know what, Carl, you have, you have homework since you're the only one that seems to enjoy. Well, Kyle does too. I want you to do uh Bravo watch 2020 <laughs> <laughs> to keep us updated on <laughs> status. On the status of Johnny Bravo. Is that a local medical facility currently? <laughs> Being treated for severe gunshot wounds. Did he die? Did, he, did the character die, die on the show? I don't know. You have to ask. You have to bring the bathtub on for that one. Oh my god, that's so bad, bro. <laughs> it is. We spent oh. more time talking about it than we should have. We did, and then what's messed up is I want to end the show talking about the guy who really died in Tracy Smothers. I don't really know how to to segue to that. <laughs> like, how do you do that? And now in people who really died. Oh, I feel like I need Clive because, you know, in, in Clive's uh, quizzes when he's doing the who am I and like clue number two is I am dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it, it does narrow it down. Oh, oh, Tracy. Tracy doesn't deserve this, bro. Tracy's mother no, doesn't deserve this type of slander. So we should talk. Should we talk about something else first? Well, I'll, I'll let I'll let Kyle make the last because he he looks like he's enjoying himself so much. No, no, it's not that. I was being asked about teaching stuff. It's you know that kind of. It's that time of year. By the way, Trevor Lawrence has COVID. <laughs>
Of course he does. Good. Fuck Clemson. Shit. Well, I, I should have expected that, and I didn't. And that's shame on me. Your anticipated answer from University of South Carolina graduate Kyle was anything other than fuck the Clemson guy. Bro, I don't see colleges. Get it? Did Let me get put it? it this way. Let me put it did this you get way. It? I did, did, you, did get it. Okay. I did get it. Let okay. me put it this way, though, Rance. Dabo Sweeney could catch the COVID and end up in the hopsicle, and I would not shed a tear. Okay, so the thoughts and ideas of Kyle Moore's are not of those are of the outsiders. Are shared by edge. everyone Correct. in South Carolina who did not go to Clemson and does not support Clemson. <laughs> we don't wish death on anybody unless it's Johnny Bravo. I didn't say I wanted him to die. I didn't we say don't wish illness on anybody unless it's Johnny Bravo on the Impact Show so that Kyle and Carl can get the yucks. Nah, 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 nah. I'm with Brother Rob on the pettiness. Oh That's my fair. goodness. That's fair. I, I wish I could get I wish Rob could have been on because Rob actually knew Tracy Smothers. Um but to try to get back on a serious tip. Telling about Tracy Smothers is that literally no one has anything negative to say. Literally no one. And I think uh, to, to, to backdoor that and to piggyback on that, literally no one has anything bad to say, but very rarely do you see some, some, you have someone pass where everybody goes out of their way to say something. Yeah, that's a good point. Think I mean, I'm that. not like, I'm not overly familiar with Tracy Smothers necessarily, but I think the interesting thing is like, you know, there's just not a lot of every, it seems like in the rest, in terms of the wrestling business, he was one of those guys that was always willing to help someone out in any way, shape, or form. Even if it was, hey, I need a ride to an arena. You know what I mean? Like, Tracy Smothers, kind of Tracy no, Smothers was an old head in an industry that doesn't have old heads because most no. people don't live long enough. Yep. Like, if we're just keeping it a buck. Like, wrestling doesn't have old heads. And for those of you that don't, understand the terminology that i'm using there an old head is just like brooklyn brawler yeah an older veteran uh, an older veteran of your sport who's been around the block a time or two and when he sees the young kid who's just getting by on talent alone takes the time to pull him aside and's like listen kid you real fucking good but like if you want a career that's going to last 20 years instead of two we need to talk about this thing, this thing, and this thing. Right. He was also the type who... He was also the type who, after he had made his money doing WWF and WCW and ECW and blah, 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 even when he kept in the indies, he helped the younger kids, like you were saying, Carl, he helped the younger kids, like, oh, you need a place to stay? I can help you find a place to stay. Oh, you don't know how diet works? Let me teach you about diet. Oh, you don't know how to commit to character? Well, let me teach you what kayfabe really means. Like, you don't see old heads in wrestling. And Tracy was an old head. And everybody who was in the indie scene for any amount of time, it seemed like, had a Tracy story. And, like, they were all super beautiful. He wanted everybody to be successful, which is rare, you know, especially nowadays. It's very rare to find people who want everyone to have success even when you know that not everyone will 
you know, like you still actively root for and participate in the success of other people. Uh, and that is, I mean, that, that might be the, as in terms of wrestling, when you see a lot of guys who are all about just getting themselves over and being in business for themselves and things like that, it may be one of the greatest compliments is that you're someone who can be selfless in that manner and not so worried about yourself and your, you know, your career or whatever, even after you're done wrestling still, you see guys to this day that don't wrestle anymore. That still, it's all about getting over like people like fucking Jim Cornette, people like that, you know, like Tracy Smothers is like the antithesis of that. So I think that's a, that's a good thing. It's, it's a, you know, it's a well, shame. I, I, I think, I think in sports and, in, and entertainment venues like professional wrestling, but especially in sports, you see that the older generations are really tentatively, against putting over the newer generations because they feel like the newer generations will not they'll overshadow them to the point where they'll be forgotten you see this a lot in basketball with steph curry people don't give steph curry the old heads don't like steph curry because he plays so different that what they did would not be like people steph curry makes a person like reggie miller not seem as great because of what steph's doing and things of that nature for example tracy's mothers didn't give a fuck Tracy's mother just cared about people. And in professional wrestling, I think more than even 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 professional sports, it truly does matter what you do to the next what you do for the next person. Because the other person in that ring literally holds their life in your hands. Their yeah. life, your life in their hands. And if there's nobody else to come up behind you, then when you're wrestling five years from now, you're gonna be wrestling against the same old ass dudes you were wrestling against five years before that. Sure. You have to build the new guys. And the things that Tracy did for guys like Chris Hero and Cesaro and Eddie Kingston and you know and and Daniels and so many of these guys. Oh Shit. Ed, the Ed gave him a huge shout out. Edge, Ricochet, because you know, he's a Kentucky boy. Ricochet and Chuck Taylor. Like so he did so much for these people. And not because he had to, not because he was asked to. Because it was fucking right, and I mean, to bring up to bring my boy Rob up again, we love you, Rob. Rob is was never a wrestler. Rob is just a dude that lived in Georgia, and he would see Tracy around town all the time. And Tracy would take the the reason Tracy and him 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 became friends. I, I, may, I may be mixing this with another guy's story, but I think this is Rob's story because he saw him at a wrestling show, and Tracy would Tracy noticed him and remembered him, and then every time they saw each other, it was always. How you doing, man? How's the kid? Like that's the type of dude he was. Like he appreciated appreciation, and we don't have a lot of those guys anymore. And it's one thing for people. There are some people who have been humbled from having such a great career to having to work indies that they've had to humble themselves to be that way. But by everybody's acknowledgement, Tracy was that guy from the moment he started till the end, and so Tracy is not one of the greatest draws of the, of our, of our business. Tracy isn't one of the greatest professional wrestlers in ring of our business. Tracy isn't one of the best, one of the one of the most important people in the history of our business. But Tracy is one of the best people in the history of our business. And we've lost a Titan recently. Um, rest in somewhat, yeah, rest in peace. You're right, rest in peace. He's one of the people who had a an impact on people who have become some of the biggest names and legends in our business. Yep. And Great that point. matters. That matters. Great point. 
It's also it's also tragic because he was an early wrestling death that's not typical of early wrestling deaths. Like Tracy wasn't he didn't OD, he didn't have like these crazy terrible personal demons that caught up to him. He died because of fucking cancer. Because fuck bitch. Because fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. No, but all right, y'all. You can uh, you can find Brother Carl on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. K E R V I N. You can find Brother Rance on Twitter at Fuck Impact. Stop shooting. <laughs> it's Rick. You can find him at it's Rick. You can find me on Twitter at Doctor S'mores. Of course, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. Fuck you, guy who has the Outsiders Edge handle. Give us the goddamn handle. You're an asshole. And if you don't, if you, and we'll, we'll, you know, if we'll, you don't give us the handle, we're gonna give your information to the election people, and they're just gonna incessantly nag you for donations and volunteer hours till the end of time. So that sounds like we should give them something special if they do give us the handle. Right, Rance? You got anything on in mind this time for them if they decide to go ahead and... Well, I mean, if they give us the handle, we'll help them join the Dark Order. We've got juice. If you give me the handle, I'll make sure I take off Pop TV off your channel so you don't... Not Pop TV. Whatever fucking channel they come on now so you ain't got to watch this dumbass Impact show. <laughs> Stupid fucking Impact. <laughs> Give me the handle. No. You can, um, of course, y'all. The show is part of the Chairshot Media Group at Chairshot, where you always don't, dread. always don't shoot people in a wrestling ring. My God. <laughs> and, of course, y'all, and of course, y'all. We here at the Outsiders Edge are just some increasingly older gentlemen doing. Uh, don't shoot people out here to make it in this world. And sometimes we're gonna say some things that you might not like to hear. Like, AEW is talking some complete bullshit, and they don't actually care about their women's division. And other times, we're going to say some things that just make you chuckle, 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 like... Shooting people in a wrestling (laughs) Shooting people in a wrestling rink is bad, okay? But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because, like... If you don't, well, just like Impact don't give a fuck if they have a quality wrestling show, we sure don't give a fuck. Fuck Impact. Fuck, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) Murder! Murder, murder. (laughs) Oh,